This message was recorded live at Plantation Seventh-day Adventist Church in Plantation, Florida. Welcome to PlantationSDA.tv. Here you will find a diverse variety of Bible-based topics and conversations. God's master plan to inspire your mind, bring peace to your heart, and uplift your soul. May you be blessed and encouraged as you listen to God's Word. Praise God. Happy Sabbath, everybody. We thank God that ours is the privilege of coming together for worship. Seek to worship a God who does not demand our worship, but a God who deserves our worship. We affirm and declare that all the other gods of the nations are idols. But our God made the heavens and the earth. Let me assure each worshiper that God has blessings in store. Today, as we conclude this year's Jesus at the Center, I'd like to take the opportunity to express on behalf of the church our profound gratitude to the pastors colleagues who passed through and shared the Word of God this week, and also to the various panelists that we had, particularly those from the community who came and added to our time together. You know, one of those panelists said to me, Pastor Rose, this was my first time in an Adventist church and I hope it will not be my last. I want to thank the in-house crew, those who came each evening on the cameras, the sound, the graphics, the stage, our singers. Thank you so much. And thanks also to Pastor Jen. Amen. Went far beyond the call of duty. And as I was in the parking lot, seeing if Christine had made it safely, she told me that she was listening in the first service and that I'd thank everybody else but her because she was my chauffeur for the, uh, for the week. <laughs> what was clearly communicated this week is that we have hope in a world filled with sin, sickness, disease, and death. That we have hope in a world of storms and tornadoes and hurricanes and snowstorms. We have hope even when natural disasters strike. That we have hope in a world of Zoloff and Xanax, and Prozac, and Ambient, and Depression. It was made abundantly clear this week that our hope is not dependent upon who, who is in the House of Representatives, or who is in the Senate, or who occupies 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, but that our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness, that we dare not trust the sweetest frame, 
but wholly lean on Jesus' name. As we culminate this series, Jesus at the center of our hope, we do so with the capstone, the blessed hope. Let us now fix our attention upon the Word of God as found in Titus chapter 2, verse 13. The New King James Version's rendition of Scripture says, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is the Word of God, and I believe it. Let's pray together, Father, as we continue in worship with the study of your Word. We ask that you will arrest our attention, remove every distraction, and use this feeble, mortal clay to share words of truth, words of hope, we ask in Jesus' name. Today in our focus text, Titus 2.13, the Apostle Paul echoes a major theme that is not only resident in his epistles, but one that permeates Scripture, that of the second coming of our Lord. Note that this theme is not only resounding in the New Testament, but it also resonates in the Old Testament, and it's often there title, The Day of the Lord. The Day of the Lord. In the Old Testament context, the Day of the, the, the Lord was not only a day of judgment, especially for the wicked, but it was also a day of rescue for the righteous. It was a day when God not only vindicated His cause and vindicated His people, but it was a day when God would rescue His people. It was a day of hope. For God's people, the day of the Lord. Here in our focus text, the Apostle Paul refers to the second coming of Jesus as the blessed hope. This is the nomenclature that he employs to describe the second advent of Jesus. This is a tag that he affixes to this future reality, the blessed hope. Now, neighbor, for us to fully catch the flow of this verse, let us go back to verse 11 and move on through to verse 14 of Titus chapter 2. In verse 11, Paul says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. How many? How many? All men teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our God, our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us, from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. 
Let us now examine a few elements in these verses as we keep our focus text, verse 13, in mind. Note that he says in verse 11 that the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all. To how many? To all men. The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. As in, Paul is saying, all men, all human beings have access because of God's grace to salvation. That all of us have access because of God's grace to salvation. Here in neighbor is the universal nature of the gospel. The gospel is not bothered by your ethnicity. The gospel is not limited by the culture you came from. Regardless of your mother tongue, the gospel can reach you. You have access because of Jesus to salvation. But herein lies the fact too that we could not and cannot save ourselves. God's grace, Paul said, had to bring salvation to us. Salvation was not something, neighbor, that we discovered as Columbus discovered Americas, right? Salvation was not something we discovered. Notice Paul said, it appeared to us. It came to us by way of the life death and resurrection of Jesus, who according to Paul in verse 14, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people zealous for good works. You see, neighbor, because of the grace of God, because of Jesus, we have the blessed hope. Now, if you and I have experienced this salvation, yea, accepted this salvation brought to us by the grace of God, then Paul says this, this, this salvation or this grace will have a transforming impact on our lives. Paul helps us to appreciate that salvation, neighbor, is not just about a change in direction or a change in position. That salvation is not just about being set free from the slavery of sin, but, but it's also a change in our attitude. It's also a, a change in our appetite, a change in our ambitions, a change in our actions. And I want you to observe with me what he says in verse 12 of Titus chapter 2. Paul says, teaching us that. That is the salvation that we experience. Paul says, here is what it does. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age. If you and I are looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, then our lives will say no to ungodliness. 
We will say no to worldly passions, yea, no to worldly lust. If we are looking for the blessed hope, then we will be in the world, but not of the world. You know, neighbor, a boat is fine as long as the boat is in the water. A boat is in trouble if the water is in the boat. A Christian is fine as long as a Christian is in the world. A Christian is in trouble if the world is in that Christian. The church is fine if the church is in the world. The church is in trouble if the world is in the church. As Paul, as, as, as John rather, admonishes us in 1 John chapter 2, 7, 15 to 17, John, John says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. Everything that we desire on this planet, John says that these things that we lust after, these things that we go after, he says all these things, they are temporary. These worldly things, they are passing away. Not only will we say no to ungodliness, and worldly loss as we're looking for the blessed hope, but we will say yes to sobriety. We'll say yes to righteousness. We'll say yes to godly living in this present age. If you are looking for Jesus and, and, and you want to go with him when he comes, then neighbor, you've got to grow up in Jesus. If you're going to go up, you have to Grow up. Hashtag grow up to go up. And I need somebody to just send that right now on social media, but just give me credit, all right? That's Pastor Rosie's original. Grow up to go up. The child of God, Paul says, who is looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ has to live a life of sobriety. And it's not just, neighbor, about drinking and surfeiting, eating food in excess. The child of God can't afford to be drunk with the cares of this life. Jesus says in Luke's gospel, chapter 21 and verse 34, Luke, Jesus says, but take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and cares of this life, and that they come on you unexpectedly. Some folks are too drunk to come to church. And I'm not talking about alcohol there, though that may be, you know. Years ago when I was doing some meetings in the, in the Ukraine and uh, I decided to do baptism because there's a guy who made a request. 
And as we were lining up the candidates, uh, my supervisor who had gone on the mission trip with, uh, I, I, I said to him, Doc, there, there, there's a lady in the, in the lineup. Uh, she's intoxicated. She's drunk. He said, Rose, baptize her anyhow. <laughs> he said, you, you can understand that, that in, the, in the Ukrainian slash Russian culture, they struggle with vodka. and, and uh, They drink vodka like, 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 like fish drink water. And it's one of those struggles. And so I said, are you sure? I don't want to drown this lady. And then he said in a cheeky way, perhaps the water will wake her up. <laughs> but the thing is that, 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 that too many folks, they are too drunk to come to church. Too drunk, they can't show up for prayer meeting. Too drunk to do the service for God and his kingdom. They're too drunk about the cares of this life. They care about nothing else but themselves. They're too drunk. Listen, neighbor. The child of God cannot afford to be inebriated because we're living in the time of the end. We're living on the very borders of the eternal world. We've got to ensure that we keep our wits about us. We've got to live our lives with a certain degree of awareness. And don't get it twisted. I'm not talking about being hypervigilant. You know, there's some folks, they always looking for what's going on, and always checking to see what the Pope is doing in the Vatican, always, you know, those folks. Not talking about being hypervigilant, but being aware. Uh, uh, years ago when I had, uh, David, I had done... Uh, uh, training, tactical training, and uh, the instructor uh, told us that we must always be aware of our surroundings. Yeah, 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 yeah. You need to know, David, that, that, that your pastor knows how to handle a gun, that I'm trained, so be careful. <laughs> but, but, but he taught us that, 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 that you must always be aware of your surroundings. When, 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 when you exit or enter a building, you must be aware. When you alight from your vehicle, you must be aware. But there's a difference between, between having an awareness and being hypervigilant. The child of God, when we look at what's happening in the world, the world is a mess. We've got to keep sober. Hashtag sobriety. Now, I want to make something clear here. And it is this, that the blessed hope is not about escapism. It's not about escaping our troubles down here below. It's not about like that student who was taking his, 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 his chemistry, high school chemistry exam, and just as the teacher handed out the papers, he was praying, Jesus, please come right now and save me from this test. Because you're not studied. The blessed hope is not about escapism. The blessed hope, neighbor, is about being with Jesus. That's his promise. He says in John 14, 1 to 3, some of you know it. Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. 
In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. Hallelujah. You see, neighbor, it's about his presence, not just about a place. Hashtag place over presence over place. Presence over place. Now, have you ever been to a beautiful place with ugly people? And I'm not talking about looks now, physically. I'm talking about, don't get it twisted, I'm not talking about, I'm talking about people whose, whose attitude and behavior just stinks. And it just spoils it for you. Or have you been on vacation with somebody that you really shouldn't have gone on vacation with? Or here's one that some of you can relate. Have you ever been with a, on a date with someone in a nice restaurant, but the minute they sit down and before they bring the menu, you don't decide, hey, no date again. <laughs> Note to self, block his number. It doesn't matter what's on the menu. It doesn't matter the ambience. It doesn't matter the, the violinists coming by and the harpists playing because you come to realize that if you are in a nice place with a wrong person, it is not the same because it's not about the place. It's who you are with in that place. And so the second coming of Jesus, the blessed hope, is not about being in a place. It's about being in his presence. Amen. John declares in Revelation 21, 1 through to 5, he says, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city. New Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, watch this, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, no sorrow, no crying. There shall be no more pain for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. So, are you looking, yea, are you eagerly expecting the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our Lord and Savior, then live like it. Love like it. Treat people like it. In the parable of Luke, chapter 19 and verse 13, our Lord ad admonishes us to occupy till he comes. But I fear that instead of occupying, we are preoccupied with the cares of this life. Cares of this life. You see, neighbor, I've come to appreciate that everything 
that I do in this life, I'm doing it until Jesus comes. I'm driving my car until Jesus comes. I'm preaching until Jesus comes. I'm standing in the checkout line at Walmart until Jesus comes. I'm making my family dinner until Jesus comes. Whatever I'm doing, the goal of being with Jesus is important. I'm doing it until Jesus comes. But let me close with this. Hope does not deny our reality. Hope does not deny our reality. Pain is real, but hope is also real. Hashtag pain is real. Hashtag hope is real. Neighbor to hope is a choice. To hope is a choice. Hope says that my present reality will not necessarily be my permanent reality. Hope says that some things can and will change. Hope says I may have to contend for a while with certain realities down on this earth. I may have to contend with traffic jams and, 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 and bad drivers. I may have to contend with bad roads. I may have to contend with frogs and mosquitoes and roaches, but hope says that one of these days all those things will be in the past. Hope reminds me that some of these realities will one day become former things. Hope says that death Sorrow, crying, and pain will become former things because they will all pass away. Hope reminds me, according to the prophet Nahum, chapter 1, verse 19, that affliction shall not rise up a second time. Neighbor, the first advent of Jesus took place just as prophesied. His second advent will take place just as prophesied. His first coming is a historical reality. His second coming will be a future reality. Years ago, 27 plus years ago, I was at that altar trembling seeking to marry one of the most beautiful creatures on the planet, Christine, that is. And uh, I had spoken to her before the wedding. Listen, Chris, you've got to be there on time. We are the first wedding. We had three weddings. The church had three weddings that day, and our wedding was the first. And you know, if the, the first wedding is late, then everybody else is late. So I preached to her, hey, Chris, you got to be there in time. you got to be there in time, hon. you got to be there in time. The night before, I hang out with my best man. We had a good time and went out together and with our friends and were talking about old times and all that stuff. And then I, started, I decided to stay by his place, and we were up 
until about two in the morning, gabbing, went to sleep. The wedding was at 10. I woke up and I said to Eric, I said, Eric, is your clock right? I'm looking at 10 o'clock. <laughs> he said, it's right. I said, we're late. It's about an hour away, an hour drive. And so here I was for lunch, and I'm praying, Lord, let Christine be late. Let Christine be late. Let Christine be late. <laughs> and so I sh we showed up at the church, right? And, and, I, and she wasn't there, and I said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. She won't know I was late. She won't know I was late. And the minute that we got in, someone said, where were you? She was here. She's got to be driving around. The poor girl is, was wondering if you changed your mind. It's been 27 years, and she's never let me forget it. She's right, she's right there. She's right there. She's right there. Listen, folks. I was late for that wedding, but I don't want to be late for the wedding supper of the Lamb. And by Jesus and by the grace of God, I want to be there. How about you? Stand with me to your feet. Stand with me to your feet. Here is the reality. Here's the gospel. Here's the gospel. Here's the gospel. God has made, through Jesus Christ, a reservation for you in glory. Every human being has a reservation in glory. There is no reservation for you in hell. Hell is reserved for the devil and his angels. You see, for you to get to hell, you've got to make your own reservation. And you make your own reservation by rejecting the reservation that Jesus has made in heaven. I don't want to make no reservation for hell. I want to accept the reservation that God has made through Jesus. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you so much for this future reality. This blessed hope spurs us on as we grapple with life's realities. Help us to keep focused on this reality. I pray for that man, that woman, that boy, that girl, that person who have not yet known the joy a full surrender that through the ministry of your Holy Spirit you will speak to that heart. We bless you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, Amen. This podcast was brought to you by Plantation Seven-day Adventist Church, a Christ-centered congregation dedicated to spreading the good news of God's love through sermons, deeper dive conversations, and much more. If you would like to listen to more life lessons and inspirational content, please visit us at plantationsda.tv.